free love. We are live. We are live. We are. We are live. Why am I? Why do I look so pale? I need to get into the light. There we are. Look, look from from Casper to Tand. <sighs> Hang on, I can hear myself in the other room. I've got the laptop on. Stand by. Well, how are we all doing, chat? I hope we're all right. Hey, but Pop just goes straight in to solo mode. How are we all? Hit me with some comments. SG, um, it was announced by some AFL journalist um, that Akers is cleared and then verified by the club, mate. So it's it, it, it's legit. Uncle Pom says it's gospel. It is gospel. So Akers is okay. Weedering is off. Well, Akers just doesn't have a fracture. I think he's going to be sore, but I think the big one was weedering as well. So... Mate, well, I said it on the watch along. Like it's a it, it's a collarbone. I've seen people in the northeast win bar fights with a fractured collarbone. Like you're all right to play if yeah if you can put a man down in the bar with a broken collarbone, you can play football. Very true. Well, welcome, hello, Pommy. Welcome to the round twenty four play ratings, mate. The final player ratings of the year for the season, like the ones well, that actually count. What, are we not doing them for finals? I feel like we're going to have a finals player of the year, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's <laughs> pom off. He's pom off in two weeks' time. Um, yeah. <laughs> You're on. It, it, it's, it, it's officially the finals, the final regular season player rated, but no doubt yep. we'll bring these back. Yes, no doubt, man. I think the people love them. I think... I mean, I love it. I learn more about this game. I watch this game differently in a matter of uh, 10 games. I think we've done it for 10 weeks. I literally, like, I mean, we'll get to Zach Fisher. I don't know what he scored, but I remember watching him and thinking, hmm, degree of difficulty on that kick, not so high. <laughs> <damaging."> <laughs> yeah, hey, you, you, you get to be POM now. You get to see the inner workings of POM. But, I mean... It's been fun. It's been emotional. It's, I mean, tell you what, you love it now. But I'll tell you what, 10 weeks ago, it was like little six-year-old Pom when he was confronted with mushrooms and interesting little delve into Pom's psyche. My my son asked me the other day a real philosophical question. Is there anything that you like now that you hated when you were my age? And I was like, mushrooms. And I can't tell him at what point mushrooms became my favorite food. I eat so much mushrooms now. But there would have been a gradual progression where one day Pom liked mushrooms, and I can't remember it. So that's kind of like this rating show. You didn't like it at first, but now every time you have some toast, you froth a little bit of buttered mushroom on it. I like that, mate. I like that. Um, well, good evening to everybody. Jay, Buzzy Boy, Brandon, Ali, Dionis in, in Bangkok, Peter, Shane, Gavin. Lucky Which, ironically, Jack. Toby Green was in Bangkok yesterday with what he did to Mitch McGovern. That's a hey. niche reference chat. That is a, and it deserves its respect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hello and welcome to Mushroom Abroad. Hello and welcome to the play rating. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's just get straight into it because I think the people love guessing. So we'll start with Jacob Weedering. 
Um, obviously, free to play. We got the news probably about 20 minutes ago, half an hour ago. Um, I thought, with, without knowing his score, I thought he was... I, I actually had him as our best player on the day. Well, I mean, Jacob, we are in. What could we say about the man? He's almost monotonously boring with uh, how rigid he is, isn't he? Um, this is an interesting one. Me has gained per disposal for you here. So we're going to try and use this rating show to tell you what the hell the boys were trying to do. Um, so this is abnormally high for Mr. Jacob. Um, a reflection, really, and you'll come on to some other players that were playing totally different roles in the second half, which totally warped this number. So that's really interesting that um, Carlton dealing with the forward press and Wheatering having to clear long to the wing. Five intercept marks, though, elite. He only lost 1-1-1 one, one, and one all day, which is very good. Um, should be elite, that. But the AFL don't give elite unless it's perfect for one-on-ones. But again, Wheatering brick wall. Kind of boring, really, to talk about Wheatering. He doesn't I'm lose. Not, I'm not trying to be controversial when I say this, but when he th- went to... The way he reacted to Toby Green, I was standing... I was sitting behind the play so i didn't see him actually you know grab his face or whatever and that might have been a little clumsy or careless whatever but i loved it captain on the day asserting himself expressing himself with real and you know fresh uh, anger and 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 passion for his teammate i loved it so well it says a lot about toby green like I, I say this quite a lot. If you go on social media, there's a lot of people who talk a big game, talk about, yeah. oh, I'd knock that guy out. And you always know that the complete wet wipes. Toby Green at the end of that game, complete wet wipes, saying he was got cut. And I said it on the watch along. If you actually watch, no way does Jacob ever go near the right eye. His right hand is on his chest, holding him down. And he's pulling, trying to pull him with his left hand. Right, so it was always this area that could have been gouged, and it was here. The fact Toby Green even mentioned he got cut from that incident says everything about the sausage. What a sausage Toby is! Mm. Well, Weeders with the eight as we move over to Kemp Brody. I feel like I say this every week. Every time I watch him play, he looks more comfortable at the level and just better. Well, I mean, like your shirt says, stronger together. And uh, hey, look at that segue. Tell you what, if you want some advertise, come and see your Uncle Bob. Come and see Uncle Bob, <laughs> mate. <laughs> just, like, just like an advertisement board I am. Um, as his numbers reflect, everything was just above AFL average. Um, yeah. Very interesting this week, Mitch McGovern deployed almost exclusively as a key defender this week and Brody Kemp being given the intercept role, which, again, is another change for Kemp. Showing his versatility, it's hard to go from being a one-on-one defender back to an intercept and um, pretty much did what he said on the tin. I think that is the part that's really impressing me. It's it's not just that he's owning in on his, his specific role. It's where we need him to be. I mean... You spoke about him before he was drafted around his versatility, um, and that's great. But to see it translate to the to the AFL and to see him get confident doing it at this level, and for him now, he's going to play, uh, assumingly he will play in the final. Um, what a year of experience for him. Mate, 
spot on. He's played just about every role you can do in that back line. Again, his numbers on the ground as well are good, which is rare when you're a big lad because he's quite big. Mm. Um, just doing what he had to do. So, yeah, I'm really impressed yeah. with Brody. He's become quite the mature player. And when Carlton decided to take the piss 10 minutes into the third, he went full forward. So uh, mm-hmm. that was nice for him as well. Got to see him full forward for right. a bit. Might be a little ace up our sleeve. Um, Nick Newman, bit Newman. more. Am I right in assuming that this is a little bit further up the ground from what we usually see him, or right in that corridor? Nailed it, mate. Now he's the first of the Pom. Stop shitting yourself. We lost to GWS. I can't do it anymore. Uh, if you watch the watch along yesterday, you'll know Pom can't do it anymore. Can't. I, I, you've actually brought me chat, but. This guy is one who absolutely, Voss, showed his hand. So for a man this season who was averaged in the high 50s at contested possessions and playing a physical game, he was in single figures percentage-wise, 9.9 for his contested work. Voss kept him out of the way. Now, there was rumours going around at the start of the game. Him, Saad and Hewitt were a wee bit sore from last week's raucous victory late and it reflects in his numbers we kept him out of his way um d's asking why we didn't play him on green solely probably the reason um two weeks time you're playing a good side for finals with one chance why get him injured so again people don't like it people have referred to the 90s i've seen oh you play to win Unfortunately, in the 90s in soccer, 11 people won you the game and now it's squads win you the game and that's the nature of the beast. So Newman was kept out of the way and his numbers reflect that. Just bang average. Bang mm-hmm. average. Bang average. What's he here? 5.5. Okay, so bang the, average streak of, the streak of 10 comes to an end. <laughs> it's three games in a row. Mitch. This was a guy who I went into the game saying, okay, he's one of the players I just want to get through the game. But, and he's also a player who I don't necessarily think is generally, who generally looks good first game back. But I thought he looked relatively good, relatively sharp, sharp enough that I know he's still got levels to improve. If you watch my review, Terry, you've stolen a light out of it there. That was um, well done. We have got a lot of data on Mr. Mitch McGovern, um, because he's been injured a lot. So genuinely speaking, his thirst is the worst game. And he's second and third are where usually we get excited. And then by fourth and fifth, he's done his hammy again. So we have a lot of data to back what Terry's saying up. And again, though, played more of a central position, as you can see via his heat map, more of a traditional centre-half bat this week, a bit of a lock, more of a one-on-one role defensively. But again, interesting, him and Wheatering playing in the key role, massive meters gained, massive mm. meters gained. So what you expect from him, very good marks, very good intercept possessions, did what he had to do. And it was a good little run around for him. He'll be better for the cobweb blow. Much better. So 5.5, pretty stock standard. Zachy Fish, Fish, thought... Like a lot of them, just impact with ball in hand, not necessarily there. Cover the ground pretty well, but again, just a, yeah, just an eh kind of game, right? Just a eh type of game. Um, The fish, what can we say? 
never quite got going, did Zach Fisher, and it didn't really help him in a game that the first half, it could have been really good. Um, it did look like it could potentially be a good game from him because mm. he was really getting into them threatening positions, but it was a very laboured defensive effort in the second half, and that cost him ultimately. As you can see, he had quite a lot of the ball in the back half for one exit out of rebound 50, kind of mm. guilty of overusing it in the back half of the ground. Defensive pressure acts, we expect a bit more when you're playing that role. And the ground ball gets there, which are effort indicators, pretty impressive from him. He wasn't shy. So, but then again, he's had two good games. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's had a couple since returning back. He's played a role. Who knows what's going to happen with this team for next Friday. Um, from what you've seen of fish in the last three weeks in this role, do how do you, <laughs> how do you view his position in the side for the Swans in particular? Team that's incredibly good with forward pressure of the Swans. Um, mm -hmm. So Voss will. Ha I'm going to totally do a Terry answer because you've been mean to me. Be entirely up to Voss. Does he want attack and oh. break in their forward line, or does yeah, he want fair. the more reliability of Jordan Boyd? And does that he is... want the elite kick, but the better defensive craft? That'll be yeah. a question for Mr. Michael Voss. Personally, I would give him another go. I think Luca's comment, though, by the way. If you want a pillar of commentary, Luca, bravo. He's played three good games, had one bad game, and people were trying to kill him in the fucking first quarter in my chat. 24 and a goal, bad game. It's a, it's a pretty solid bad game. And I remember it too, the, the, one of the mistakes. He kicked it on, he's rushed it, kicked it on his right foot, turned it over, became a goal. And in my head, I'm like, I could like feel, <laughs> feel the live chat while you're on the watch along. I didn't even have to check, so... <laughs> <laughs> um anyway we love zach what about so Sadi? 4.5 for those watching at home i remember one of the ladies asked me to read oh, yes yes apologies 4.5 for zach uh adam Saad, pommy a lot of blue key performance indicators and he was good interesting this because Newman's strength really is his rugged authority defensively. And when Cowton took him away from that to protect him, his numbers were shit. There's no hiding away from it. I'd say this if Nick Newman was in front of me, but I'd defend him because that was his job to be shit, really. He, he wasn't his strength. Saad, very interesting. He is incredibly good offensively if you take his defensive work from him, but he's also a good defender if you take his offensive work. So he really relished playing a little bit more on, on the outside. As you can see, we played him really high half back, flirting with the wing at times to get him away from the trouble when it got coshed. And as usual, Saad does what Saad does. He excels at that. So that's showing you the difference there between Saad and Newman. Saad, we talk, always talk about high ceiling player, Newman high floor player. There's the difference. He's got a lot of eggs in multiple baskets. And Saad was at times brilliant and yeah. he hurt himself in the warm-up there was massive news all around the ground people releasing videos he went down the rooms then he got hit in the second quarter and went down the rooms as well i mean this guy runs with one leg you'd have to kill him mm -hmm. absolute work of art is sadi yeah so 11 intercept possessions seven ground ball gets and 17 defensive half pressure acts if i 
Have I uh, done that right? Yeah, you've nailed it, mate. You, you're learning slang it. and everything, Taz. There you go. I know. DHPA, baby. Uh, <laughs> an eight for size. <laughs> Let's move yeah. on to Blake. Yep. Unlocky, high floor, basically means when they're shit, their shit game's not bad. So imagine, yeah. like, if average is five, their average is six. Yeah. A player's best, a player's worst. We want to yeah. get that equilibrium going. That's what we want. We don't want yeah. best. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm having too much fun after a loss. Blake Akers. <laughs> No, because last night I felt like the joy was taken away. So can we kind of enjoy this? Uh, anyway, Blake Akers. You. Yeah. What do you think about Blake Akers' chat and Pommy? Very interesting. There was a lot before this guy got injured um, in the second quarter of Voss in that back end of the second, really maximizing his his rotations, like really moving these guys Hiddledy Piggledy, and he actually appeared at halfback, and your boy Fisher went right wing. So that was quite interesting. Um, he was on course, just so you know, for his normal eight. So obviously he went off 10 minutes into the third. That will affect his output because you guys didn't like me doubling the scores, so we just judged them for minutes played. But weirdly, this was a big sign here, both him, Hollands, and Cottrell, way down on their defensive efforts on the wing. So it was a real indicator that there was there, even their running numbers are down apart from Cottrell's. So that's mm. an interesting one, but luckily he's all right. He's an integral part of this system. No doubt. There's a few things here. Blue Bagger nailed it. I was going to bring this up. He had some moments where he reminded me of Cripper trying to break through the pack. I feel like over the last, sometime over the last month, maybe six weeks, he has really started to take on opposition and draw players to him to get an, a, you know, an outlet handball going or whatever the case may be. And he, he is starting to look a bit more like a, a winger who has inside midfield capabilities. So that's a, that's a really curious addition to his game that I'm enjoying. And, uh, Gavin, yes, just to, to clarify for those watching who haven't seen the news or those who are listening, um, cleared. Uh, so Blake Akers cleared of a fracture to his collarbone. He'll be managed this week and we'll need to go a fitness test next week to assess his availability to play in the finals. So um, that is Blake Akers' chat. What do you think? He ends up getting a six. It's a pretty good effort for just over half a game. It is as well, and it was more of a traditional wing role. So, like you and um, the commenter nailed it. He he is quite physical, and Voss requires physicality from his wingers, which is yep. very rare. Which is very rare. Most of them cozy on the outside, so their physicality is much needed at this. The way we defend. Mm -hmm. George Hewitt is next. Kicked a beautiful goal on his left, which I did not know that was in his repertoire. With a it. bit of foot candy as well, I might add. Mm. Mm -hmm. Georgie. I mean, I've put the contest in possessions there. So this guy here averages about 62, right? It's so sent. he, yeah, this guy here, him and Cripper are genuinely right face to face with the coal face. And in the second half, this guy was playing, believe it or not, the role that we usually ascertain to the fourth or fifth rotation. So someone like Cunningham, someone like um, 
Fisher, someone like Dow when he first came in, really skirting the pack almost, which we've never seen before. We've never seen. This is not his game. So genuinely, the players who play that role are very good with the ball. They're looking to Fred. And as we know, George Hewitt doesn't even kick the ball. Like, I was amazed he could kick a goal. I thought he was going to handball it through. So that will go against him in his ratings because that's not his assigned job and that's what he's going to be mm. judged on. But that being said, he did his job to his best abilities. The pressure acts were still there. Then that hunger was there. And I can only assume that in the second half, particularly, Cherrett and Walsh went fully on the ball. So they were trying to get a pre-season, which alludes me to Clarkson. He used to say that round 22 and round 23 were pre-season for the finals. So sounds like Voss was really giving them it and George took a back seat. But the goal was the bollocks, wasn't it? Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah, it's good. I, I mean... Our eye test will tell us kind of what we're seeing. The data that we're now seeing, we're starting to see some trends of players who are playing in a bit of a different position, a bit of a different role, uh, etc. You may say with George, we may we now have contextual possessions. Well, if you go back to look at his heat maps over the last three weeks, that red dot is inversed. So we usually play him defensively. He's like the Angolo Kante of AFL. We play him to be the physical protector. And this week, we saw him be more the offensive. So, like Bluebagger says, he didn't even know how to celebrate. Like, that, that's how rare his forays into inside 50 are. He was like, what do I do? I'm going to admit something. I thought I was being really funny just then because I was thinking of contexted possessions in my head and like, but no one, no one got it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm not funny. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Terry. The 6.5 from George and we'll move on. <laughs> I thought it was really clever. Get it? Contexted possessions. I do. And <laughs> it is funny now you've explained it. It was probably too clever, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last time I tried joke. <laughs> Sorry, Terry. Ollie Hollands, mate. Take it away. Again, defensively, and um, they were very poor. Even the running numbers from Mr. Oliver Hollands, usually we can have that really happy talk of how fast he runs forward and back he was a lot more static this week and again played a lot more ahead of the ball which see George Hewitt a lot of the defensive players were played ahead of the ball Nick Newman Hollands and George Hewitt so obviously that's some chest magnet piece that we're not aware of very poor meters gained for a winger um pressure acts were just where you were inside 50s he didn't get it in there um if he had the goal that would have been good he got himself in the right position but this is the next layer for Ollie Hollands. Bins and Hollands, same type of player. One has skill offensively, one has skill defensively. And now you can see both of them are working on their craft to try and get up to power on the other. So great to see from Ollie. He needed this game to be ahead of the ball because he doesn't really get much opportunity. But ultimately, it didn't quite get there. As a lot of the players you'll see in the reins didn't quite get there. Yeah. So a four from Hollands. How do you see his spot in the side? Assuming Akers is going to get up for the game. You know, you've got these powerful runners in the side, which can be a real weapon for us in, you know, Walsh, Hollands, Cottrell and, and Akers as well. I think those four are the standout runners in the, in the team, I, I think. How do you look at the combination of the four? It's going to be a real tough one. I mean... If you drop in Acres for this, if you drop in Hollands for this game, you'd have to drop Acres for this game as well, um, because both of their defensive numbers absolutely horrendous. But consistently, Hollands 
on that left-hand side has more pressure acts than the half-forward and the half-back combined. So that's how integral he is to protecting that left-hand side, particularly against Sydney, that light the right-hand side exit, which means he'll be there in that. So I, I imagine that Voss has given him this more offensive role to try and protect the body a little bit. So I expect to see him, MCG, Sydney, lining up on that left-hand side with his mate, Blake Akers, on the right. Fair. Well, there's a four for Ollie Hollands as we move on to Matty Cottrell, another one of our powerful runners. And wow, 16.5 kilometers covered. He just... Do you remember the start of the season where he had put on a bit of size and then he hurt his foot and we wondered how it would impact his running ability? Well, I think now at the back end of the season, we're really starting to see him come out of it better for it. Yeah, and it was interesting... With the shift of roles, you'll notice that he actually went down to halfback for stints in the second half, which mm. we've never seen. But 16.5 kilometres run, insane. The, the most on the ground by any player. Um, and I actually think this is his role a little bit more, giving him more of that chance to burn a bit of energy. He works incredibly hard. That left-hand side defence of Cottrell, him and Newman is close to the best in the league really, in its ability to defensively output because of what Hollands and Cottrell do with their elite running. They actually come back and almost become a wall of two, which allows a toll to come in and intercept. So he did that again. His goal was absolutely grouse. Um, and what we lacked on inside 50, he was probably one of the better ones kicking deep. That was something that was missing this week, particularly in the second half. And Cottrell kept doing it to the end. And he gets one of them goals every game, it feels, doesn't it, where he's just snaked out the back. Opportunistic, yeah. And he received a six for his game. Cunningham, Dave Cunningham. I think we spoke about him last week. He, he was a bit down last week in his 50th. I thought he won a lot of the ball, probably a lot more of the ball than, <clears throat> excuse me, I've seen him win in a long time. How did it go with respect to his impact and his, his rating? across the comp? We played a lot higher up the ground than we're used to. And it was kind of a pseudo role. This, there was a lot more in, in the middle time. There was a lot more deeper time and it was interesting. A few players got really, his defensive work got a test this week, which is probably the question mark on Connors. Um, we know what you can do offensively. It's defensively. So that was more there. You can see score numbers way down. He was more of a provider. This did some nice things. Um, just never really got going though, did he? It, it, it felt like a bit of a, it could have been a great game if that was a final. It felt felt like Cowton were lacking something offensively and he didn't really get the opportunity. Hmm. Is he in the side for you? I wouldn't expect to see many changes apart from Crips and Doc to come in, to be honest. I, I think, and maybe Pitt and it, when we get to Harry, we'll talk about that. But yep. I, I don't think there's a lot of players to come in, really. Fair. Well, a five for David Cunningham. As we go to Matt Owies. I nearly spoiled that one there. <laughs> two goals, two tackles inside 50, zero forward 50 ground balls. How do, we, how do we see Matt Owey's game? Well, I mean, the wonderful thing about Matt, and that's why I've put the forward 50 ground ball gets with the poor, 
because you're expect you're expecting if, if in an ideal world these would all be yellow. So that's what you've got to think of that role. Everything would be yellow. So for everything that's red, there needs to be a, a, a blue. So again, goals elite. He's a pure goal kicker, and this is what we see. But it was interesting. He did add some defence this week where he hasn't done the last couple of weeks. He was one of the top tacklers inside 50. It was a standard game. I mean, Carlton didn't have deep entries, which means if you're a small forward, you're pretty much obsolete if where his heat map is, is kind of where Carlton's entries were. It doesn't give him much chance before the midfield come in and help out. But his ability to snag at important times is is another level, isn't it? It's another level. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. And if you circle back again to the start of the season, our discussion, not just you and I, but with with everyone was around, you know, we, we kind of had a bit of a, a feel and a, a comfort, we'll call it, as to how many goals Harry would kick and Charlie would kick. And then we were talking about who's going to be that next layer that's going to kick 20 plus goals. Now, always I'm pretty sure now has kicked 25 for the season. Um, Motlop's kicked 20. So I think 25 goals in a season from always is a really solid return. Spot on. And he's, he, he, he's another one who just does his job. Do you know what I mean? And the goals he kicks are genuinely important moments as well. He, mm -hmm. he takes his opportunity. So he's definitely leading, leading the way. Yep. So he has a 5.5 .5 next to his name as we move on to Jack Martin. Jack Martin. I feel like a lot of these summaries are similar in nature. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting, this one. Um, if you actually compare him and Jack Ma um, and Harry Mackay, it would be hard, based on their raw GPS data, to see which one of these two was a key forward because he played very central, which is rare for Jack. But Jack doing what he does, heavy on the ball. When the ball hit the deck, he was a physical pre presence. Um, looked to make things happen. Didn't quite come off this week with the one score involvement. We'd usually expect to see that high. But you know what? He's he's brilliant. He, he He's a brilliant, consistent performer. He's starting to become very consistent. And if that's mm. the bad day, that's his bad day. It's not a bad, bad day, if you know what I mean. Totally. So Jack Martin gets a 5.5 as we move on to TDK. Fascinating one, this. I'm looking forward to talking about it now and maybe on the show as well because of the the ruck discussion never ends. It, I feel like it's a week-to-week -week discussion. One week it works, one week it doesn't. One week it should be run ruckman. The next week it should be two. I feel like when Tom gets thrown into the deep end individually, well, maybe that's just too obvious a statement, individually he looks a lot better when he's the sole ruckman. But I don't know how much that translates to team success. Oh, it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, it was... When when you watch TDK play, he understands his role and his rook yeah. numbers were pretty good this week. So I've put his outs to advantage there because I wanted to give you a point of difference. This is a stat that a lot of people focus on, right? And like I always say, that's good if your midfield's good, right? Mm. But genuinely, it's the hit outs one to give you the first use that allows them to do what they do. And he was very good in that facet. Um, works hard around the ground, ground ball gets, score launches, clearances. So he's almost another midfielder there compared to other Ruckman. The ground ball gets is his big POD's point of difference. Uh, 
Stephen probably hits it. You, you want to see him take some marks around the ground. You do. Yeah. And it feels like he's coming, but like he averages two, which every Ruckman in the league does pretty much. That's the bang average. So I'm enjoying TDK's game. Is he better with another Ruck? Hell yes. But the Ruck breakdown, it was 70. It, it works out at almost 80% one player. So we're only asking for 20, like this game, 27. 27 was everyone else. It's not that many Ruck contests around the ground. So True. he did well. He did well being the senior Ruckman. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So he got a 6.5 for his efforts. Charlie Kerno, mate, back to back. Take it away. Well, I mean, it's boring now saying he's the best player in the league. Now he's No, everyone's saying it. I know. I know. Can we go back to 29? No. Which was the show that we did at uh, Shad Studio? And it was like 2019, maybe, or twenty early 2020. And you literally said he's the best player in the league. It's 2019. Yeah, and I remember thinking, all right, listen, mate, just just calm down a bit. Twenty nineteen, and 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 melts in the comments like, oh, let's not talk about forty goals. Let's just get four games into him. Jesus, <laughs> um, yeah, Charlie, um, probably responsible for the performance because once he kicked that snag, um, everything kind of went on ice, didn't yeah, it? But it um, the best player in the league for a reason. Um, he is a pure beast. Again, free goals. Um, elite, just getting into the elite category, goal assist, marks inside 50, um, 80% of his one-on-one duels, um, the contested work strong, He's the, the paddle for the goal assist as well, out of this world when we talk about development of a player, he wasn't doing that this time last year, so easily the best player in the league, it's not even close now, let's just underline that, and whoever we talk about next will be the second best player in the league. Yep. Very good. Well, he got an eight for his game. Wow. Harry. Harry. This this one this one hurts, this one. Uh yeah. I mean I don't even know what he is and yeah. this game. Obviously the rook work looked in the nicest possible way, probably the worst rookman I've ever seen. Yeah, um, that's okay. That part's fine, because I understand. Uh, but feels like, you know, when I was watching it, and you said something to me on the phone about the power through the legs, I watched the rewatch, and it kind of reminded me of Charlie St. Kilda game when he kicked the goal off one step, where yep. he didn't fully trust his body, yep. which came the preseason after, where Charlie yep. was like, okay, my knee's not going to give way. I can go into yes. this contest. It felt like when I was watching him, he was just holding back. Where he would go, he held back. He had that wonderful run down the wing, and then he lost the ball as he went to bounce it. It's just not quite there. But I will say this about Harry. Form is temporary, class is permanent. Yes. Like, you ain't dropping this guy, MCG versus Sydney, because I'll tell you what, I can see them double-teaming Charlie and this guy going bang. So it'll come. You just We've we just got to love him. But it wasn't a good game. And the quicker we move on from it, yeah, the better for all of us. I'm not suggesting that he shouldn't be in the side. because I And the reason why is because he's had two weeks in. He's going to have two weeks now to you know get some more recovery and, and repetition in. But my hope for him come 8th of 
September, that Friday night is is one thing about Harry when I watch him, there's a difference. When Harry's going hard and when Harry's going conservative is the way he jumps at the ball when he's going to market. If he's going hard, he's jumping like diagonally right at it. And it, you can you could like it with force. And I think over the last few weeks, and I can understand why, it just seems like he's more so jumping vertically up to protect himself than what he is actually with full force. Um, anyone suggesting that he shouldn't be in the side, I don't know, maybe we can have a debate about it. I don't think anyone of note would actually say that. Um, but I, it's yeah, good to have him. <laughs> I'd no, love you... someone to actually have the gall to say we shouldn't have Harry Mackay on the side um, on camera. Um, we do, Terry. We do. That's the problem. There's too much gall. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you. You know, I will say this. I don't often pick on Voss, but I, mm. will, I do have a bone to pick with Voss on this one. I would okay. have loved to have seen him go full forward because Charlie's been doing the up the ground work in his absence. I would have loved in that fourth quarter when we obviously fucked around, play him at full forward and just try and get him a couple of goals because I feel like he needs a couple of goals. Yeah. It, it reminded me of watching a striker. When Haaland was out of form mid-part of last year, you just knew once he got a goal, it would turn into what it was at the start. And that's what it looks like. But you know what? He'll play Sydney. He'll kick three. So yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. Just give him a bit of confidence, help him out, get his tail wagging a little bit, and I think I think he'll be fine. Um, Tread Harry, <laughs> see see what happens, right? I said this on the watch along. Don't buy into the narrative last week was shit because he now like that trade narrative is creeping in. Like just like, yeah, fuck it, Harry, you'll be fine, mate. You'll kick ten versus Sydney. I've got your back, bro. It's just. Anyway, Harry got a four. <laughs> Paddy Dow. Big game for Paddy Dow. An important game for a number of reasons. Cripps obviously out. We spoke about, oh, yeah, he, he struggled to get his chance because he plays in the VFL as the number one option in the midfield. And then even when he comes up to the AFL, he's still probably the third or fourth option. Whereas in this game, I thought they might deploy him a little bit more in that Cripps role. How'd you see that? When we had this debate, why he doesn't play, all the VFL, he's Patrick Cripps and that midfield operates. So this week, he got to be the Patrick Cripps in the seniors, led the ground, well, led our team in clearances, um, phenomenal work, eight of them, led them in stoppage, led them in centre clearances, led them in scoring, score involvements from stoppage positions. Very different kicking and ball movement game from Paddy. Went at 60% disposal efficiency, which I don't care about. Efficiency doesn't tell the story, but it does when you look at what he was doing with the ball. Usually we see long, boomy kicks. We saw very short, flat kicks from Dow and a lot more handballs than we usually see from him. So this showed a maturity and an understanding of the situation. Really enjoyed Dow's game because he was involved in just about every one of Carlton's goals as well. Real important link player as well. And this really, if we're going to talk about this game, I couldn't give a shit about the result. The two takers are Charlie won the Coleman and, and Dow fucking stood up in his captain's absence. Yeah. Well, most importantly, it's it's what I think he's done now is 
clearly proven that if needed and if we need to rely on him in a big game, in a final, we've got someone on the list who's more than just a, a competent player. He's he's a he's a he's got some experience now in the league, doesn't he? He is, and you know what? Him, your boy, probably weren't in the conversation that they should celebrate this fifth because yeah. they had to get us to fifth. They and did. They Well, they well played done. a role, didn't they? They did. Well Him and Fish, the last five well games, done. four games. Yeah, they played a role to get us here. Um, I, a minor I remember role. when people in the chat were thinking about leaving the country when they had to do a job and make us not finish bottom. Mm. Like now they're getting us into finals, bro. Finals, Terry. They yeah. they had a big part in that, and well played. And when we win the flag this year, they'll be remembered for it. Yep. Sam Walsh. Uh, let me tell you. <laughs> I love it. Um, just to watch him on the football field again was a real delight, and he's my favorite player. There's no question. No question about it. It's it's so clear to me. When he's playing, I feel good. I, I, I really enjoy watching him play footy. Yeah, well, one of the few of our midfielders to have a rebound 50, which is, is very interesting. Like, it doesn't quite mean much in the context of things, but it does when we discussed, yeah. if you've been watching the show the last couple of weeks, in how hard Cripps has worked in the defence, deep defence, coming back. So... Again, Sam Walsh is a different kettle of fish and playing almost predominantly on the ball with his mate, Chera. You see the class in them. You see the class when we come on to Chera. We'll talk what turns me on about him. But what turns me on about Walsh is his understanding of the situation. Um, he knows when to buy time. He knows when to get rid of the ball very quickly. He, he's got all of that and he'll be so much better for the run because it was quite a physical, contested work. He played against um, Stephen Canelio. <laughs> That twat. Um, so that was that. That was good. Good prep for next week when he'll probably get that bell end. Callum Mills. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So good to get a game into him. Uh, so Walsh with a six point five. Ches, not dissimilar. Good to get a game into him. Shaved head. That's important for finals time. And um, yeah, it's it's a unique situation we found ourselves in. Uh, dare I say it, with a little bit of good luck to be able to get a game into Chera, now a two-week break, get some recovery into those legs, into that hammy. Um, but he he looks like he's good to go. Yeah, and I think Blue Bagger, great simile. You're talking my language. Sam Walsh is Sam Mitchell. He's very like that. And um, Chera, dare I say it, if he's Sam Mitchell, Chera would be Luke Hodge. Mm-hmm. And we've not used that comparison on this show before. Um, but, you know, what I love about Jarrett is everything he sees, he tackles. And when he tackles them, they stay tackled. And one of my pet hates, if you watch the watch along, is people not letting the letting the arm be free so the ball goes. Jarrett takes them chest high, makes sure that their shoulders are wedged in and they can't get a firm handball away. Works tirelessly, looks to take the kick on clearances was outside of Dow, our most dangerous clearance player, um, creating opportunities galore and the pressure acts again really hard and to a good game to be totally on the ball for Cripps and Dr. Gumbach. Mm -hmm. Fair. 6.5 for Adam Chera. 
as we move on to Lockie Fogarty. Another one who's in that bracket, I feel. In the bracket of not sure if he's going to play in the in the elimination final. Likely will, but there's a pool of them, and I feel like he's in that pool where they'll choose from. Very interesting this week, and we'll come on to Durden, right? But if you ever want to get inside Voss's psyche, where he plays a player genuinely tells you who's who, who who's at risk of being dropped. And this guy yeah. here, for the first time since coming in, played the Motlop role, which suggests to me it's Motlop or Fog, not Motlop and Durden or Durden. Mm. That's that. That's Pom's little thing. Um, MP nails it. The tackles weren't as effective from here. Um, he's better deeper in the ground. Ground ball gets though. See what we said um, about Owies and Co. He, he did the hard yakker. The pressure acts were there. Um, again, this is a defensive application, and that's going to be a real interesting one to go to Terry's Fisher or Boyd question. This will be a question for Voss. Does he want? the dynamicness of maybe a Durden who can bring you a magic moment. Does he want the defense guarantee of Fogarty or does he want the hybrid of Motlop? That's going to be a really interesting question for dot, um, for Mr. Vossen. He, he does what he says on the tin, really. He's not, he's not going to kick you eight goals, but he's going to be hard. He's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. Fair. Well, folks scored a 4.5. He did indeed. Durden. Corey Durden, you know, I did not think we'd be talking about Corey Durden playing again this year after the, obviously he hurt his shoulder a couple of times and he's just battling through, getting through the season. He wants to be a part of it. Um, I think it was a typical Durden game and a typical Durden game means uh, he's in the top percentile of players in the team who tackle, always tackles, always brings that heat. Most tackles on the ground for Carton, the second most tackles in the game, the number one player to get possession back from a tackle mm. and a spill. Um, so that's a very interesting one. And did play deeper. So um, who was it? Oh, it was Richard Brownlow. Of course it was. Richard Brownlow, he did play the, the Fogarty traditional role, which makes mm. it interesting, which maybe says to me that Durds has got in Vossi's eyes a little bit of seeing what he's about. Took his goal well. The score involvements um, were average for his position. You're not really seeing a lot of score involvements from there, but he did what needs to be done. Very interesting with Durds because he's a, a real conundrum is, is Durds. That I, I will say this. He has got the same that what Fogg's got, that intensity and that hardness. I would say Durden has better goal-kicking smarts than Fogg. And that's going to be an interesting thing from Doc and um, from mm -hmm. Voss because if he can get, the intensity fog has for four quarters. Durden, Motlop, and Owies is it looks schmick. Looks schmick. It's just can he do it for four quarters where Fogs does? Fogs yeah, does. Fogs a little bit more. Well, he's a bit more seasoned, isn't he? He's been in the system a little longer. You just feel like you just I mean, I feel like Durds has come into the league with a pretty solid base because that defensive application has been there from from the outset. Uh, once he starts rounding out his game and once he starts getting a little bit more consistent across the four quarters, like he's on the right track. We've, you know, it's it's a long career. I mean, it's a short career, but we're at the very, very start of it. So great you can really have. Like George yeah. says, 30 doesn't go into 22. George, yep. as usual, makes a real good comment. It, it, it's mm. fucking hard. 
<laughs> like, well, what do you really want from someone like Dirds at this point in the year? He's just got to basically do enough to ask the question of the coaches. That's really all he can do. I think he did that for the most part. He got a five. Uh, Chinkotta, Plum Cotta. Is that 32.6 kilometers per hour speed it in defense? Speed in defense. So this guy here, believe it or not, played more of the role that we'd expect to see Nick Newman play. So he was given that responsibility to take the smalls down, take the smalls yeah. down, um, generated the score launch, which is very important there. That's something that we always praise Newman for, turning defense into attack around defensive stoppage. Rebound 50s, didn't quite get it. Speed was insane, though. Like, this guy hits contests hard. Like, when we win the flag, my budding friendship with Pom Cotter needs to blossom so he's near me all the time for when someone tries to glass me because I know he's going to come in and save me at pace. Um, but, yeah, this this was a tough game to grade. He was there defensively and very interesting as well. One of the few players on the ground below the standard to have contested one-on-ones. He had two one-on-ones and he actually beat Himmelberg in that one-on-one. So let that sink in. Small guy versus giant beat him. So mm -hmm. this guy never gives up. You have to kill him to get him out of that team. And not a great score because of the role he was playing. He was playing a high possession game. But sure that you may be, maybe people are sleeping on Boyd and not giving him this, not giving mm -hmm. him that role. Because I would love to see this guy get that role and a bit more ball. So a 4.5 Alex Chincotta. Tell you what, if he's playing in the final, I'm not going to be too upset because I know what he's going to bring to a do-or-die clash. He, he, he plays his football like a do-or-die kind of guy. I think that's why he's endeared himself so quickly to the fans. Yeah, I, I just feel everyone says boy because he can kick. And yep. he's okay at defense. Now, I'm not downplaying Boyd. He's very good at what he does. But I would also say Chincotta is going to kill someone for that ball. Yes. You can see in his yep. eyes, that's why he's running that quick. That's his ball. Do you know what I mean? It's his, his mindset is that's my fucking ball. Yes. Get off my ball. Yeah, there's no, and, there's no, um, there's no alternative for him when he's going for a contest. That's what you want in, in a final. Yep. I, I trust him over any other player you can name that's not in the team at the moment. I know he will kill himself to get that ball. Mm -hmm. Okay. Caleb Marchbank, always an interesting discussion point now that he's back and, and healthy. I think there was a bit of a downward trend from him last week. So he obviously named as a sub this week. 37% time on ground. I, I thought he was solid contextually yeah. in a game that we lost. I will say this, right? Now, we haven't got a lot of data to back this up because the AFL have only just made up rules this year that we can do with subs. So we haven't had a lot of key position defenders who have been sub, right? Yep. Not many, if any. Um, but one thing we can tell you for certain is forwards are very rhythm-based. And you could see... Once Marchbank came on, a total different type of defender, right? It confused their forwards. Their yeah. forwards were like, who the fuck's this guy? And he had a bit of success coming off that. Did did break even on his one-on-ones. Um, the marks were pretty good for just under 40%. 
of game time. Got a lot of time as well. Was hardly was only rotated twice when he came on. So Voss maximised him. Probably a blessing in disguise because Carlton basically got almost half a game into a player that probably wasn't going to play. So yeah. very interesting. It allowed everyone to play on the wing, Fisher and players like that. It was a very interesting what dynamic. It does tell you one thing, though, that second half, that Carlton can't play that many tolls in the back half of the ground because yeah. the short, sharp counterpunch died and long balls came back. Long balls came because that's all, all four of them know what to do. It needed them little more dynamic players, but very good. Do you know what I mean? Very good for 37%. Would love if pre someone mentioned it here. Gavin needs a full preseason. Does he, he does. ever? Does he, he does. ever? He, he does. And at the end of the day, we, we can't make him match fit and no, make him right. perfect. We've 10 days to go before a knockout game. Best he can do. He, and he did the best he can do. If that was a final and he had them results, I, I wouldn't be complaining. Yeah. Yeah. All right. He got a 5.5, Caleb Marchbank. Now, this is the one I've been waiting to put up. This is the team. Let's have a look. Wow. Talk me through this. So, it's more red than we've ever seen. Well, I mean, we've won nine games in a row, apart from this one. So, of course. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you've seen a lot of average performances. Um, yeah. The 5.5, the 6 is, let's say that that 0.5 is okay. It's safe. Wayne nails it. There's a lot of safe scores there. Where usually in these wins, we've seen 8s to 10s three or four times. The lowest we've seen is 5.5. And I always say, anything that's going red needs a real bright green. You can see why it was. And TPI was around the 18% mark down from expected output. Pressure indicators are about 32% down. Results speak for themselves. Hmm. But Fair. who cares? We're in finals. We're fifth, baby. Good no, well, that's right. Of course, of course, of course. Um, no, it's it's good to get it out of the way. I'm so excited to spend 11 minutes talking about this game at 7 p.m. and then just moving straight on and getting on with it. Um. I can't wait it's, to do this in the final when the lowest will be a six. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. It's wild. Um, so, mate, that's the regular season. That is the regular season for us. It's done. Ready for draft time? I am, actually. I'm prepped for it, as always. Um, mm -hmm. But... You won't see any of that content. I'll probably have to start churning it out, though. Probably week two of finals. I'll, I'll be very distracted, but nah, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to cover finals. Fair, fair. Eddie, the link is working on my end. Uh, send me a message on Instagram or Facebook, and I'll, I'll send you another one if it's not working. Um, Pommy, I want to acknowledge you, mate. I want to acknowledge you for where this has been and where this has come so I, I i'll be honest um player ratings started because i i was obviously inspired by arsenal fan tv and they did the player ratings and i actually loved it then it got real because i was doing it every year um probably four years of doing it and i always had this level of uncertainty uncomfortability you know when something's not quite right but you don't know what it is 
there was a bit of that. And then I think the six-game losing streak was really a blessing in disguise for the ratings because it just forced me to realize that we needed to just evolve it in some way, shape, or form. And I'm biased, clearly, but I don't generally talk about our work like this. But I, I genuinely believe this show right now is the most insightful show on footy YouTube or footy media. I just want to acknowledge the work you do to get this up every week. So thank you, mate. Mate, we are high floor content creators. High floor. High floor. The biggest I just honor. enjoy it. Like, I, can I enjoy it so much. <laughs> I, mate, I have a lot of fun sharing it with you, sir. It, mate, it's great. I, I, I love it. I can't wait. And I'm looking forward to doing the emotional show next. <laughs> have we cried on stream yet? <laughs> I have. Twice have. in the last week. And it's your fault because you fucking took a holiday. And I actually <laughs> the Sunday show. So, yeah, I, I've cried. Couldn't give a fuck. Yeah. So, anyway, that's that. <clears throat> We will crown the winner. Maybe we'll do another one of these next week and do like the winner of the regular season ratings, see what we can come up with. Um, and I think we will have a lot of fun doing a finals version of this as well. Mate, most fun you can have clothed on, mate. I tell you, I can't wait. Yeah, All right. Well, 10 minutes, guys. Have a good night. We're going to go pour, I'm going to go pour a cup of tea. And 7 p.m. Blue Abroad show. We're not going to spend too long on this game because it is what it is, but we're going to talk about it. So see you at 7 p.m. Go Blues.